0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law from baseball's top personalities, The great Chris Russo joins us once again to the game's top player joining us is the all-star
1: Matt Chapman. with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make
2: your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend.
1: This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend.
0: Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Today, you're going to hear Ramon Laureano, Lou Trevino, and the pitching coach for your Oakland Athletics, Scott Emerson. But Ramon Laureano, what a start of the year for him, showing all of his talents offensively, defensively, and he's one of the heart and souls of this A's ball club. Here is your center fielder, Ramon Laureano. Ramon, it's great to hear from you. How's life been treating
3: you? Uh, Life has been great.
0: You know, I got to
2: think
0: think for you and your teammates, this turnaround after the rough start, what has this been like how it seems like the lineup has been feeding off, you guys have been feeding off each other?
3: Uh, Yeah, that's how baseball is. Hitting is, pitching, everything. Uh, It's contagious, and uh, we're feeding off each other right now.
0: And I think about the top 3 between uh Jet Lowry, I think about Mark Cannon and yourself, just talk about how that's been like a three-headed monster. You guys have been killing it lately.
3: Uh yeah, especially Jet. I mean, Jed is really really doing it. Uh I mean, he looks like he has never missed time. <laughs> and uh and he's been such a great help for all of us, you know with his presence here and then his knowledge about the game, about hitting and, you know, Mark kind of starting to set the table in that little spot. And uh, I've been, he's been great for us. You know, he's on base pretty much all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I mean, uh, speaking of Jed Lowry, the fact that here's a guy that has had only seven at bats in two years, he's been hurt. He's had surgery, he's rehabbed. And to think that, he already is looking like the guy that was the all-star last time he was here. Are you just amazed at watching him knowing that he really hasn't played in a game in two years?
3: Yeah. I mean, but it does amaze me because the way he works. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because the way he works, how smart he is, uh, how he takes his, he takes his time and, You know, he's a very smart guy, a very smart hitter. And it's not not easy to do that in this ballpark, you know. He has done it for a period of time here in Oakland.
0: You know, when I think about your game and and what you're able to do, you're really showing everything at the start of the season. Offense, defense, uh, athleticism, stealing bags. Do, Do you feel like you're truly coming into your own in this year?
3: I really don't know. I just think about the moment, you know, think about today's day. Uh, I really haven't reflected on anything. I don't think I will this season into, in the off season. but, you know, I worked on it. I worked on uh, being a complete player just like I have always done. And it's just uh, clicking everything and I hopefully it keeps, you know, it keeps going. And you got to keep it going, keep being consistent on every aspect and yeah, let's see where he goes. I
0: I like how you say that, because in this game, if you can stay consistent for 162 games, you, you, the, the, the metrics around you will be fantastic. The numbers around you, as they say, the back of the baseball card. Just talk about how hard it is to be consistent on a daily basis.
3: Uh, yeah, it's more obviously mental, you know, but... <clears throat> It's just trying to obviously separate those uh, failures. I've been doing a pretty good job with that, but it's kind of, you know, just I'm trying to win ball games, you know, so it just help the team win in every every at-bat that I can. Uh, If it's moving the runner or, you know, just kind of like taking a walk, being selective, uh, maybe running hard to first first to like, you know, kind of pump the team up on like, hey, we got this, you know, like just little things like that, that pumps the team up and little, you know, little things like that. But yeah.
0: You know, you and Matt Chapman, I think you guys are very similar from the standpoint of you guys care so much about winning and in a game, which is all about your numbers and everybody's looking at all these statistics and analytics You two, you and Matt Chapman remind me of guys who play with like a football mentality. Like you could go 0 for 4, but as long as the team wins, that's all that matters. Just talk about how uh, you and Chappie, it's like every day you guys, you guys come for one thing. It's not about being an individual. It's about winning.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not something, I mean, we obviously talk about, but we always had that. Not only us too, but, you know, a bunch of guys in our team. We always talked about, and but we have that from the beginning of playing baseball. You know, we just want to win, and uh, whatever the team needs, we're gonna win. You know, I just I just want to win, man. That's, nothing is more fun than winning.
0: You've been stealing a lot of bases lately. What what is the mentality, and have you talked with Ricky Henderson? And what is the mentality of you on the base pass because you're getting after it right now.
3: Yeah, I talked to Ricky a bunch of times. Obviously, since last, I guess 2020 spring training, I haven't talked to him because of the COVID, you know. But with Elvis Andrews and the two, the two individuals, they have, I have learned so much that it's just now everything is, I'm putting it together, you know. And uh, yeah, but the main thing, you know, they, they be free, you know, be free, be. Just be you, trust your instincts, and I I know I I have pretty damn good good instincts on the field, and I just got to use them, you know?
0: Well, no doubt, And, and I think because a lot of people don't run anymore, you know, stolen bases aren't the thing that pitchers and catchers are not as aware as they used to be. Talk about how you're taking advantage of that.
3: Uh, yeah, I understand that, you know, pitchers, they want to strike out people and they don't want to, they don't care about, you know, the runners. So, which that's how the game is going, obviously. And, uh, a lot of outspeed pitches, you know, are throwing, uh, fastball is, uh, less percent than ever been. Uh, so yeah, it's a combination of things. Obviously there's pretty damn good, good catchers in the league right now, especially in, in our division. But, uh. But yeah, just taking little things and obviously I worked in the off season with our strength coach, Josh Coffee, about stealing bases, getting a good job and be more explosive and stuff like that. But uh but yeah, it just kind of just putting put it putting into play. I think that's pretty yeah, that's simple, yeah.
0: Well, no doubt making contact is uh something that it's been it's been nice to see cause we talk so much about the three true outcomes, but just talk about now during this winning streak, when you think about your guys' lineup and turn over the lineup, how just everybody really on the roster is contributing to these victories. Like last night, your lineup, everybody got on base.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, especially, and we did that in uh, Arizona too, in Houston, you know, we came through, uh, and I mean, the past couple of years, three years that we have gone to the playoff, everybody has contributed. So, I mean, that tells you everything right there. There's a, this is a team that the front office constructed. They make the team, you know, like that everybody contributes and that's what we, we've been doing.
0: You know, we have new technology that's showing us how the wind patterns work inside the Coliseum and the swirling winds because of Mount Davis you know, just tell us like at night with the Marine layer and the wind, what's it like to play center field at the Coliseum?
3: (laughs) Uh, Right now it's pretty cold right out there. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, obviously it's like 20% fan. So there's not a lot of people talking to you, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, it's just kind of lonely right now, but it's, the wind, you never know where, where it goes there, so I don't even worry anymore about that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just been pretty cold right now. Pretty Yeah, it's pretty cold. Trying to stay warm the whole time.
0: Hey, we always appreciate having you on the program. Be well, be safe, and let's talk later in the season.
3: Thank you. Absolutely. Let me know.
0: With Trevor Rosenthal going down, at the very start of the season, somebody needs to emerge as the guy Bob Melvin can use as the weapon to close games out in the night. That's now Lou Trevino. Here's my conversation with Lou. Well, it is my honor to be working today with two PSAC legends. You talk about two of the greats from the PSAC conference. <laughs> we got commander Cody and the great Lou Trevino. How are you, Lou? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. You know, Really, in the first time in my career, and I've been doing this a long time to have a Sunday off. It was so bizarre. What was it like for you? Uh,
4: it was it was quite nice, and I've heard that from just about everyone. No one no one's really had an off day on Sunday, so uh, it was nice to kind of soak up the sun and and just enjoy some some relaxation time from that long uh, from that that long stretch of games we had.
0: Yeah, what was that like? Opening up ten straight two times against the Astros, once against the Dodgers. Everybody else is getting days off but you guys. What was that like?
4: It was, it was uh, you know, it was trial by fire, you know. Got two very good teams we had to face, and, and it kind of, you know, it's it centered us a little bit, and, I mean, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be good for it in the end.
0: Well, and I think about those last two games where your ball club scores th- 13 runs – they hit five home runs. Balls are flying into the second deck. Did you kind? Did you get that sense going? Going, okay. This is who we really are.
4: Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe some people were panicking a little bit, but we're we're, we're such a good team. I think we're we've got we've got a solid group of guys that you know those those first few games weren't in, in indicative of, of the year that that we're about to have. So. It was nice to see, uh, you know, see some home runs, you know, see some t- timely pitching, some timely hitting, some good defense. You know, it was, it was, it was nice to get back to the brand of baseball that, that we're, we're used to.
0: You know, I, I just couldn't stand. It was a national game on FS1, and I just couldn't stand their broadcast. So I switched over to listen to our buddy uh, Jeff Blum in the Astros broadcast, and I didn't realize this, but did, did you guys know – That in every game against the Astros, whoever scored first won the game?
4: I was not aware of that at all. No, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I I was like, kind of like, I was like, I had to go back through my scorebook and go, is that true? Yeah, whoever scored, what what do you think about that? Whoever scored first was the winner.
4: I think that's interesting. I guess that, that, uh, I guess from now on, we got to score first, right? You know? So, uh, No, I was, that's a that's a interesting little interesting little tidbit right there.
0: I'm not sure what conversation Scott Emerson had with, with the starting pitchers, but the last two games, I noticed one thing: that both Sean and Frankie Montas, their number one goal was to get out there and establish the fastball, and it was fastball after fastball after fastball. Do you know of any type of meeting, strategy meeting, where he basically told the starters? Cut it out. Go with number one. It's your best pitch.
4: Well, I mean, you know, you said it right there. You look at those two guys. Manaya has a very, very good fastball, and the fact that it's, you know, he is coming from a weird angle uh, and explodes on you. A lot of good movement. Same with Frankie. I mean, he's uh, upper nineties with a lot of sink on his two seam, great round on his four seam. So, um, I mean, you know, they 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 stuck with with a game plan, and and they, I thought they they did fantastic, and. And, you know, going back to, you know, their their last outings, that's that's not those that they are very good pitchers. And, you know, they just had bad, bad outings. You know, it's going to happen every once in a while. Just tough. that happened a few times in a row. But like those those guys are going to be fine. They have great stuff. Good command of the zone. I think we have a great starting rotation. I'm not I know. I know I wasn't worried about it one bit.
0: You know, when I talk to Bob Melvin each week uh, on the Bob Melvin show here on Ace Cast Live and Ace Cast, you know, we go around the roster and talk about, you know, things that have to happen for you guys to be successful. When Trevor Rosenthal went down, I, I know Bob told us, you know, the guy he thinks needs to step up and you might be closing a lot of games is you. And he, and he said how he's talked to you and that – you want that role you you have no problem you don't fear it just talk about the conversation that you had with Bob and I have a feeling if that game would have been closer on Saturday you would have you would have been the guy in there closing this thing out
4: yeah I'm uh you know I was was, was talking to Bo Mel a bunch and and first of all he's he's a fantastic manager I, I absolutely love playing for him um but like, I've always told him, you know, whatever he needs me to do, whether it's long relief, whether it's closing, whether it's being a setup man, like I, I, I will do my best. And I know right now I, I feel great. I'm, I'm having good success to start off the year, and and uh, and I'm just gonna continue to to uh, attack the zone and and do what I I need to do, whether it's in the cl- closing role or not. Because again, you know, you, Deke is Deke is is a, is fantastic. I mean, he's nasty in his own right. So. You know, with what whatever Bomo wants me to do, I'm all for it.
0: Do you feel like it's now your time? Like where you've been, the early success, and then you work through some issues. But just now, that it's Lou Trevino's time to shine.
4: I mean, I feel great. I, I can't control where I'm put. You know uh, that that's up to that's up to the coaching staff. But you know, going going into this year, I felt I felt great. You know, my arm feels good. And I knew that with whatever I was, I was tasked to do. Whether it's long relief, like I said, or whether it's closing, I, I knew that I was, I was gonna have. Um, I'm, I know that I'm gonna have a good year. So, uh, you know, I, I try and I try and stay away from the un- uncontrollables, you know, and I just try and control what I, I can control.
0: Well, your stuff has been fabulous, and it's been it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to watch. When you guys go back into Houston and we've got to think no one's doing anything anymore you know there's not a camera behind you looking at signs or wherever a camera could be as, as in the past they tried to get the advantage there's no banging on trash cans but is there still a sense when you go in there that there's still there there could be some funny business going on and so you're constantly having to change the sequence of your signs
4: I mean, maybe a, a little bit. I, I mean, if anything, that whole, what, what that all taught us was to not be complacent and not just assume that everyone is going to play the game straight up. And I'm not saying that, that no one is, I'm not saying that at all, but if anything, it, it was a, uh, it was a wake up call for us to be a little more conscious, you know, change, change the signups, uh, sign up the signs up a, a, a little bit, you know, it was uh, like I said, it was just what wake up call and, and, you know, it, sometimes you know when when people say people are too paranoid you know it's sometimes it's it's good to to, to be paranoid sometimes people are paranoid for, for a reason and yeah it's like I said it was just a good wake up call and you know we we uh prepare for all that stuff now so yeah
0: well, you know i, I got to think it, it's tough enough to get outs you're you're facing the best hitters in the world it's tough enough just to get them out then I'm thinking, man, you got to be up on the mound, you got all these different signs, you got to change the signs constantly. That's got to get annoying.
4: I mean, I would love to play baseball straight up. You know, I think that'd be cool. Just mono mono. I think that'd be awesome. But that's just not the world that that, that you live in. And, you know, like I said, teams might, might might not be doing it. Teams might like I have no idea, but it, it would be it wouldn't it wouldn't be wise to just not change things up. You know, like, like, like you said, it, it'd be awesome if we don't have to worry about it, but that's just not the world that, that we live in, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys are changing signs with nobody even on base.
4: Uh, yeah, it, you know, I don't, there's no, there's no reason to give up runs unnecessarily if, if you can avoid it. So whether or not, you know, p- people are trying to steal signs, it, it's always good to, to have that that layer of security where, okay, at least I didn't give up runs because, you know, they, they knew what was, what, what was coming, you know? So I, I think it's always good just to, just to ha- have that layer of uh, s- security, you know?
0: You know, as a pitcher, I, I, I assume some guys are cool to the shift behind him. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys who hate it behind him and the A's we found out that the A's percentage of shifting like 2018 the ball club shifted 70, 17% of the time, but it's jumped. It's skyrocketed so far this season. Your defense is shifting 71% of the time. Do you like the shift behind you?
4: I like the shift behind me. If it works, you know, and, and I feel like we've been, we've been doing a pretty good job with it. It's one of those things where you don't, you don't recognize the shift until, until you get beat by it. And then and then those those times that you get beat by it, it amplifies and maybe you think well we're getting beat by it all the time when in actuality more times than not it's helping you know it's not like we're we're not doing it for, for a reason and you know you see all these other teams especially some of these outfielders where you got you got guys hitting balls down the line that you think are guaranteed doubles in, and and you got a right or a left fielder camped under it Like it, it, it works for a reason but. Sometimes when you get beat by it, it's it's a that's a tougher pill to swallow. But you know that's just that's kind of that's what you got to deal with. You got to roll the dice and and uh, see what happens.
0: Now uh, you're a strikeout guy, and I wonder for guys that are pitched to contact, how how they feel about it? Because I wonder, do you pitch to the shift, or do you just say the hell with it? I'm going with what's best for Lou Trevino?
4: uh I, I think you'd have to ask uh, other guys that question i know me personally I, for every batter that steps on i kind of i glance to see what, where the defense is at just just to see but you know i, I have my own game plan and, and if i could strike out every single batter that i face i don't have to worry about it so that's that's my goal personally
0: <laughs> hey when you got that kind of stuff lou why not
4: <laughs> yeah hey i'm trying
0: Hey, we always appreciate the time. You're off to a great start, and it's been good to see. And now you got that really tough stretch out of the way. I feel like we can now kind of hit the reset button, get on a hot winning streak, get past 500, and start making that trek to the postseason. And we'll talk to you later on during the season.
4: Yep, sounds good. It was good talking to you.
0: And Lou's been doing a hell of a job. And we love Scott Emerson. He's one of my favorite guys to interview. Someday, I do believe he will be a broadcaster. But more importantly, he's one of the top pitching coaches in all of the game. Here is Scott Emerson. Emo, it's been a while. How have you been, my friend?
2: I've uh, been pretty good. I uh, can't complain, I guess.
0: You know, I wish I could come down and see you, but we're kind of stuck in the press box. But, but but we're watching you from afar.
2: Well, I, I not not much to look at right so uh, you know that's why uh, you know what do they talk about uh, I got a voice for radio
0: <laughs> well, so, that's why someday <laughs> you will be in radio someday uh, you know <laughs> I, I don't want to harp too much on the first four games because it's just four games but what do you think was the main problem with your pitching staff against the Houston Astros
2: well you know uh, Joe Durham uh, my coach in Frederick one time told me he who swings is most dangerous and uh, just looking back at the numbers you know, they, they swung the bat 299 times against us in four games, and we just left too many balls close to the middle. And, uh, you know, against a good hitting team who, who swings the bat uh, when the ball's in the in the center area, you know, I think we uh, we threw 12 pitches middle-middle and, and gave up six hits. But, you know, it's all those other pitches around the middle that, uh, you know, good hitters can, can, you know, hit really good. And they got a really good, strong lineup. We're just going to have to figure them out. Uh, We're going to have to make sure we stay on our location and not worry about, you know, how hard we're throwing or how soft we're throwing. It's all about executing your pitch and executing the right pitch, you know, just making sure that we're not predictable and being predictable. I think sometimes we got into some predictable counts. Uh, We threw some pitches that, uh, you know, you you may want to have back that weren't executed. You know, it's always, you know, we can always sit back and second guess because that's kind of you know, what we do in sports is, is you we uh, you sit back and go, well, you could have, should have, and would have. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we just had to execute better pitches. And, you know, our guys, you know, they're always fighters. And that's the one thing I love about this crew uh, is they fight and they want to pitch and they want the baseball. It's just those last four games we just, you know, missed some execution and, and maybe made some wrong selections at times.
0: And the one thing I've been trying to say on the post game show is that, you got to remember, this is everybody's first outing. This, is a, this isn't like outing number 10 or 15 or 20 or for a reliever. It's their 31st. I mean, this was basically everybody's first go.
2: Yeah, you know, you get out there, you get your feet wet. Now, all of a sudden, you got fans in the stands again. You got some adrenaline flowing. And, um, you know, guys want to go out there and make a, a great impression. And maybe we pressed a little bit, you know, being defending uh, uh, AOS champions. and. And you know we like I said we just made some mistakes and they capitalized on it and, and that's what good hitting teams do and and they're a good hitting team so we just got to make sure you know the next time we face them we minimize our mistakes and we stay on our location.
0: Yes, you know something that everybody now is so into is looking at the radar gun and how hard you throw, but I don't care how hard you throw if you throw it in the wrong spot. Talk about how these really good hitters they'll tee it up and they'll crank it
2: well yeah yeah you know i I always talk about you know uh you know you've heard me say it a thousand times uh uh, if hitting is timing pitching is disruption of timing and then every hitter in the big leagues can time a bullet you know if they know that they know something hard's coming they can prepare and they can get ready you know just as much as we have scouting reports on them they have scouting reports on us so that's what makes it uh more important that you execute your pitches especially when you got uh, hitters who've seen, you know, a Chris Bassett over the last uh, few years, and then Petite over the last few years. When you're facing the same guys over and over again, uh, you really have to make sure that your command is is really good because they know what you're throwing and they know what you like to throw. It's just you got to have the ability to hit those areas of the plate uh, when you're going to those areas of the plate.
0: If a starter has a rough start. He's got days before he gets on the mound. What do you do mentally with each guy? And I know each guy's different, but what is the mental game you have with these guys to help them get over that bad start and build them back up for that next one?
2: Well, you know, it's it's, confidence is a big thing in this game. And when you get in that bullpen and you're preparing for your next start, you, you need to challenge yourself in that bullpen, whether it's, you know, hitting areas of the plate, hitting your spots, throwing balls in the dirt when you want to throwing in off the plate when you want to, you know, we got the technology that our bullpens are being tracked and guys should go out there and prepare like it's a game. You know, I'm not asking these guys in the bullpen, you know, if they throw 95 to throw 95, but we need them to execute their pitches and and work on their command because command is the number one element of pitching. If, If you don't, have the ability to command the baseball, you're in trouble because the hitters will start centering you uh, closer to the middle of the plate, you know, and you just can't get up there and try to throw it as hard as you can and hope and pray. You, you got to get up there and, and you got to be able to hit sides of the plate. Uh, you got to be able to go up and down. You got to be able to go in, off and chase away at will. And that's what the best pitchers in the game do. So in your practice, you need to practice that. Uh, we can track that. You need to look at it and go over it. But at the end of the day, you know, it all comes down to the confidence that you have and the execution that you have. And you got to go out there and you've got to want it. And, and that's what makes uh, baseball such a great game. And, and you always love watching those competitors go out and pitch.
0: You know, I, I know Garcia's had to fill in for Murph ever since he got hit, but does that make it tough not having your starting catcher who all your pitchers are used to throwing to?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a little different. You know, we, we try to uh, bring Garcia up to the, up the speed of what, um, you know, each guy likes to throw. You know, we prepare a report for every pitcher versus every hitter. So, you know, he's reading the reports. But then there's also, you know, the feel of the game. Uh, and, and what's on paper is plan a, you know, you got to have the ability to, uh, go to plan B or even plan C during the game, you know, what the hitter is trying to accomplish and what your pitcher actually has that night. You know, what's on paper is, 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 you know, his stuff when it's really good. And that's why you got to be out there and monitoring what you're doing each and every, uh, pitch, you know, how each pitch is working that day and then see if you can put it back into the game plan.
0: As Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a game plan until you get hit in the face.
2: And that's one dude I wouldn't wouldn't want to get in the ring with.
0: <laughs> All right, if the I Dod- had to if, if I had to I would though. Yeah, it, 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 you can make some money, but it's going to be over real quick.
2: Yeah, I hear you. Dodgers uh, you have to play a lot of
0: defense. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Uh Dodgers come to town. They've got a very good lineup. What have you seen so far?
2: You know, they're they're very comparable to the Astros. You know, if you throw the ball around the center of the plate, uh, they're they're swinging and they got a a destructive lineup from top to bottom. Uh, They got guys that are are really good uh, hitters. They they hit their pitch. They wait on their pitch. Uh, They wait on their areas of the plate. So, you know, our guys have still got to come out. Uh, over the next three games and execute the pitches that they're throwing and stick to your strengths, but hopefully capitalize on their weaknesses. And that's the one thing that makes up a great major league pitcher is you got to have that ability to, to have a strength that covers the hitter's weakness. And, and we have that. We just got to be able to execute those pitches.
0: You got Frankie Montas going tonight. I know he's dealing with some health issues. How, how's he been looking?
2: Uh, Frankie you know had a sim game here in Oakland uh, on our workout day, threw the ball, you know, very well. Uh you know, the whole thing with him is keeping him fresh, keeping him healthy, and keeping him strong. You know, the, the when that fastball is, uh, you know, 96 to 100 and, and that slider is 88 to 92, 93, then you know he's you know, going to have, you know, success over over the course of the season. I think last year, you know, we saw a little bit dip in some and a little bit dip in his, in his breaking pitch. But, you know, that, that split has been uh, really good over his last few outings in spring training. You know, it's all getting on the mound here during the regular season and, and seeing where each and every guy's at. And I'm looking forward to watching Frankie go out there tonight.
0: Yeah, me too. And I can't wait. It's going to be a good matchup, the Athletics up against the Dodgers and the Dodgers obviously won the world series last year. They just took three of four from the Colorado Rockies. So they're coming off the mound, back to sea level. And that's always interesting to see what a team I've always thought that was fascinating. And I know the gamblers really look at it. it is, what does a team do in their next series after going to Coors field? Because Coors field is so dramatically different than anywhere else in baseball.
2: Well, you know, for me, I, I think if you look at uh, the the way the game is trending, you know, everybody always used to say you go to a bandbox ballpark or you go to a ballpark where the ball flies and and everybody's trying to hit home runs. Um, I think that that's the way the game's trending, anyways. You know, uh, whether you're in Colorado or whether you're in Oakland, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, you know, a lot of guys are trying to hit home runs. You look at what happened to us again against the Astros. A lot of our damage was a walk, and then boom, a three-run homer. And uh, you got to be able to keep the ball, ball, the ball in the ballpark. You know, and you know, walks, walks can kill you. But uh, you know, hits after walks really are the devastating thing. You you can't walk people and give up hits after that. You can walk people and get the next guy out. But uh, it's the walks and the homers, the combination of the two that, that are the knockout punch. And those are the things that you got to try to avoid. But it seems like nowadays, you know, a lot of hitting in baseball is, is going for that knockout punch. And, and um, you know, I know Earl Weaver always used to talk about it, it with the Orioles. You know, the, the walk and the three-run homer is what they were looking for. And that's kind of what I see goes on in a lot of baseball nowadays is you got a lot of guys up and down the lineup you know, trying to hit it over the fence, taking, taking swings and you just can't give them the pitches that they can hit over the fence. You got to be able to move that baseball around and put it in good spots. And that's why I still believe that, you know, disruption of timing helps you out in in keeping those hitters off balance and missing those pitches that are are borderline close to their damage
0: spots. You know, we've talked a lot about the baseball and the deadening of the baseball. Have you noticed anything in the first couple of games?
2: Haven't noticed anything with that. I mean, just listening to the sound, and I'll still go back to the bats, you know, just listening to the sound and watching some of the balls go to the opposite field. You know, when when I grew up, there were very few players that could go opposite field for homers, and now it just seems like it's it's a contagious thing. You got you got you know a lot of guys who can go opposite field you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of like golf sometimes, you know, golfs change their equipment so much uh, and they change the golf ball and you get to play with a different golf ball. And these guys are hitting it really far, but, you know, that's both sides of the the ball. You know, both teams have an opportunity to do those, those things. And uh, you know, it, it just makes it a tougher game on pitchers when you can make a pitch on the outer third and they go over the fence, but that's, You know, like I said, that's no excuses there. Both sides of the ball have to be played like that. It just makes it for, you know, you're going to see a little bit more home runs uh, going on. And that's what's trended over the last, you know, 10 years in Major League Baseball.
0: Now, I don't want to get you in trouble. When an umpire out there has an erratic strike zone and you're watching that and it's against and and it's against your pitcher, how frustrated do you get?
2: Well, you know, honestly, you know, these umpires, you know, if you really dive into the numbers and, and look at them and their success rate is generally like 92 and above, they do a great job. They, they really do. The things that you just, that you only get, frust- that I only get frustrated on are just making sure the strike zone's the same for both teams. You know, if we're getting the same calls or they're missing the same calls, I'm fine with that. It's just sometimes, um, you know, if, if you just see a different strike zone for uh, two different teams, that's the only time you start getting frustrated. But, you know, the umpires, I mean, they weren't to blame on, on anything in the four games we played against the Astros by, by any means. Um, but just answering your, your question specifically, you only get, I only get frustrated if you feel like the zones are different.
0: And let's end on this. There's been a lot of talk about foreign substances. And what bothers me about this is that basically it's pitchers getting a better grip on these slick baseballs that are like cue balls. But yet the hitters, Emo, they get to use pine tar. They get to use all kinds of stuff. They can have, they can have pads on their elbows. They can have pads on their ankles. They can be all armored up. I just don't like the fact that hitters get to have all this stuff, and then they look out the mound and say, pitchers, you guys get nothing.
2: Well, you know, if, if I was a hitter, I would definitely be armored up and not be scared of diving into the baseball at all. I mean, I'd have the, the wrist pad, the, the hand pad. I've seen some. I'd have the elbow guard. Yeah. First of all, me, I'd, I'd want to wear a motorcycle helmet with all these guys throwing this hard. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, I'd like to see the baseballs have a little bit more seams for the pitchers. Um, but you know, both teams are playing with the same ball. So, you know, I, I can't complain, you know, if that's how we're going to, if that's the ball we're using, that's the baseball we're using. Uh, though I still say that uh, I don't see as many bats break as they used to.
0: You know, you could get like a Harley Davidson uh, ad campaign going for you. If you're going to the plate with, with a motorcycle helmet on, you can make some good loot off of that.
2: Yeah. Maybe some guys ought to, you know, Harley ought to get into the uh, the, the uh, armor wear for uh, baseball players. And they can have that uh, Harley Davidson logo uh, around Major League Baseball, kind of like uh, I think Evo Shield is probably one of the better uh, the protection gear that the guys wear.
0: I would, I would go with like the old school Evil Knievel.
2: <laughs> hey, I loved Evil Knievel. I, I tried to be Evil Knievel when I was a kid on my big wheel. wasn't wasn't too pretty, but uh, that's what I tried.
0: Emo, we miss seeing you, buddy. We really do. And hopefully, um, now that we're all getting vaccinated, hopefully we'll be able to get our show back on the field the way it used to be. But uh, be well and be safe, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Okay, great. Thanks for talking to you guys.
0: We want to thank Ramon Laureano, Lou Trevino, and Scott Emerson. Now back to A's cast, powered by iHeartRadio.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.